Welcome to the Showboys Newscast, bringing you all news and no opinion. My name is Mike. And I am Nick. Thank you for joining us. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get right into it. Uh, We're just going to start this episode out with some banger uh, Netflix news. Um, So... You know, we've we've reported on Netflix buying the rights for, you know, two Knives Out sequels, um, you know, being Knives Out 2 and 3, uh, both going to be helmed by Ryan Johnson. And uh, we had three huge pieces of casting news for Knives Out 2 this, you know, over the last couple weeks. Uh, a few big names are now linked to Ryan Johnson's Knives Out sequel which is set to start production this summer in Greece. Uh, These uh, names linked are Dave Bautista, Edward Norton, and Catherine Hahn. Uh, They will all be joining Daniel Craig in the upcoming Netflix original. Uh, According to The Hollywood Reporter, the the Netflix deal, uh, you know, to land these sequels had a stipulation that Daniel Craig must star in the sequels. And they must have at least the budget of the first Knives Out movie back in 2019, which was around $40 million. Uh, I just thought those two little stipulations were kind of cool. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Daniel Craig must star. Uh, But Dave Bautista, Edward Norton, and Catherine Hahn, those are uh, some heavy hitters in the current times. Uh, Maybe not Edward Norton so much. I I don't really know what he's been in of recent times, but great actor nonetheless. Um, and Catherine Hahn, I mean, just like flying off the shelves, like hotcakes lately. Um, but yeah, that's exciting. I'm excited. I know we both enjoyed knives out. So, um, cast is shaping up for the sequel. Um, our second piece of Netflix news is, uh, a stranger Things season season four teaser trailer dropped recently. Uh, that was a tongue twister. But yeah, a new a new teaser trailer for the next installment in the Stranger Things series was recently released and revealed a potential series long plotline uh, as we were thrust back in time to the experiments that were ran on Eleven and her quote unquote siblings by Doctor Brenner. Um, we still don't have any news on a potential release date. However, uh, with this being new material for this teaser trailer that we haven't seen yet. Um, that has to be, you know, a good sign. Um, so hopefully we'll be getting news on a release date, uh, somewhat soon. Um, did you have a, did you catch this teaser trailer, Nick? I did not. I've been meaning to go watch it, but that's also my fall in line of, I'll just wait for it to come out on Netflix and just (laughs) dive into it. Then. Right. Uh, I mean, we did get a teaser trailer probably a year or maybe even longer ago. So, yeah, um, you know, I'm usually only good for one teaser trailer. I don't really get the point of two teaser trailers because at that point you're (laughs) I don't need to be teased that much. Well, Um, it's been so long since we've had anything Stranger Things. They're like, hey, don't forget this. The show still exists. They need to amp up production (laughs) if that's the problem. So, right. Exactly. Um, But nonetheless, uh, looking forward to more Stranger Things. Hopefully, we get uh, some news, some more news soon. Um, moving along, though, we have a 
pretty interesting rumor here that Netflix is planning on building their own shared universe. Uh, so probably after seeing the success of, you know, the MCU, uh, Netflix is looking to get their hands in the cookie jar, so to speak. Uh, after purchasing Mark Miller's company, Miller World, uh, Netflix is looking to create their own shared universe, beginning with their latest superhero show, Jupiter's Legacy. The show premiered about a week ago on the streaming service and quickly topped the most watched list on Netflix within 24 hours. The show has been getting mixed reviews from fans and critics, which sounds familiar looking at you, DC. Um, but with viewership numbers alone, the possibility of expanding the show into a shared universe is pretty high, I would say. Uh, it should be noted that the comic that the series was adapted from ran for only 10 issues, but did have a spinoff of its own called Jupiter's Circle. So, uh, you know, hey, it's a 10 issue comic run uh, creating a shared universe. Uh, you know, not a lot of source material to go off of. So they're kind of giving the creators some creative liberty, so to speak, if they're planning on building this out into something uh, sprawling like the MCU. But we have seen with our own eyes uh, attempts at creating a shared universe. Again, looking at UDC. Um, and it, it's not as easy as it, as it appears. So I haven't seen Jupiter's Legacy. It's on my list. Uh, and like this article said, I've heard a lot of mixed reviews. Some people really like it. A lot of people thought it was really dumb. So I don't know. I want to check it out, see what it's all about. Have you heard of this show, Nick? Yeah, it's on my watch list as well. It looks interesting. I just see some headlines about it. So yeah, uh, I mean, Mark Miller, pretty good uh, comic uh, creator. So uh, the source material, I'm sure, is interesting. So. Uh, I did also, uh, I didn't include the article on our on our sheet that will be available to everyone in our Discord, by the way. Um, uh, I didn't include it on there, I should have. But I did see you know, a, a while back that Netflix tossed around the idea of purchasing Paramount so they could do a shared universe. Jeez <laughs> so, Louise. Uh, this one's probably a little bit cheaper <laughs> than buying Paramount out. But um, hey, I don't know. I hope... I hope it works uh, because that just means more stuff for me to watch. That is good. Uh, and rounding out at least my uh, little chunk of Netflix news uh, for you, Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead uh, will get a short theatrical run. So Snyder's new film, Army of the Dead, which is a Netflix original, will get a short week-long theatrical run before its release on Netflix. Army of the Dead will hit theaters... Well, I shouldn't say will hit theaters. It did hit theaters on May 14th and will run until May 21st, which is when the movie will hit the streaming service. Um, which, side note, uh, I think this is pretty cool. Uh, kind of, it's not unusual, though, for Netflix originals. Surprisingly, this isn't the first Netflix original to release in theaters. Uh, award hopefuls Roma and the Irishman also had very limited theatrical runs. Um, however, it will be the Netflix original that releases in the largest amount of theaters, as it will be airing in 200 Cinemark locations, along with IPIC, Landmark, Alamo Drafthouse, 
Harkins and Sinopolis uh, for a rough total of about 600 theaters. It will not be aired in AMC or Regal Regal theaters. I I want to say cinema and theaters together and something weird came out. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I'm excited. I'm actually going to go see this tomorrow night in theaters. Hmm, Fun. Um, So it, it looks like just a bonkers movie and um yeah definitely one that i feel viewers would benefit seeing in theaters on the giant screen with you know the massive sound system so uh, i'm excited about that and yeah more movies in theaters is always a good thing for me it's your favorite topic that's right um one bat last bit of Netflix news. Netflix is lining up to kick off the next game franchise adaptation to film and or TV. Um, as the story and or rumor goes, take this all with a grain of salt, of course, um, <clears throat> that while Dave Batista, 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 mm-hmm. I like it that way. Um, was getting pitched <laughs> was getting pitched to join the Fast and the Furious franchise. He decided to instead pitch his passion for a Gears of War film and or series. The rumor goes that Netflix is in the early stages of lining up the necessary production and licensing rights. Uh, Gears of War has had several attempts at an adaptation in the past, but they never gained much momentum. Uh, seeing how Dave has both a passion for the project and also looks like a Gears character himself, this might have more <laughs> merit than you know all the rest in the past. Um, and the way Netflix wheels and deals these days, trying to land the next Game of Thrones, if you will, this might stick. I don't know. This, you know this is intriguing to me. I mean, Batista does look like real life Marcus Phoenix. Kind yeah. Of. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> If he's not him, he's someone else. Like he's yeah. built like a Gears a, character. Exactly. Just a giant meatball. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, this is the third article so far Dave Batista's been in. You know, knives out casting. Yeah. Uh, he is the star of Army of the Dead. And now we got, you know, Gears of War here. Busy man. I mean, I saw I saw some rumors that he wasn't gonna be in the third um Gardens of the Galaxy or something like that. Um mm. So maybe, I mean, he's definitely more busy these days and has yeah. become quite popular, especially since those movies, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, that is going to segue us into a gaming news section here of our newscast. Um, so the next Assassin's Creed game already has the rumor and leaker mill working overtime. This was short and brief, but according to a recent leak, the next Assassin's Creed game will not come until 2023, which isn't that terrible. I don't know what the big deal is. <laughs> right. and, and even more shocking, though, is that it is rumored to be less like Valhalla, the most recent game, which is a continuation from Odyssey and then ultimately from Origins. They're kind of evolving from the Origins template and they've kind of taken a new turn, but Apparently, it's going to be more Uncharted-like, as the rumor goes. Hmm. Um, not sure how I feel about that, and I think that also took a lot of people um, by clickbait storm. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's the right move. This might sound like a dumb question, but like you know how Call of Duty games are basically made by two different studios, and they basically release like every year with 
each studio doing like an every other year game, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Uh, is Assassin's Creed like that? I was just wondering with like the change of style between like Valhalla and to be more like Uncharted, if it was just like a, another studio working on an Assassin's Creed. That might be a really dumb question. I know nothing about Assassin's Creed, never played them. Nah, it's tried and true, a Ubisoft production. I'm pretty sure the same studio. I mean, they might change hands internally, like which teams work on them, but more or less it's always Hmm. Ubisoft. Um, They didn't say anything about a change here that could go with this, but I I just don't see them doing it. It is a rumor. But an Uncharted-like Assassin's Creed wouldn't be too much of a leap with how it's changed over time but that just tells me that's a lot of uh you know you're removing the open worldness of it and that's really the big difference in the combat system so interesting we'll see i mean i still haven't played valhalla um and i need to because i stick to the every other assassin's creed game pattern which (laughs) i play um Onward to some old news made new again. Fortnite is looking to launch their PvE mode Daybreak soon. Based on game files in the latest 16.4 patch, Fortnite looks to be gearing up for its sandbox survival mode. This, of course, is very similar to the original concept Fortnite had as a PvP or a PvE survival sandbox game when it was in early development before making its rapid shift to the PvP Fortnite we are all mostly familiar with over the past few years. Uh, the map is rumored to be completely different than the PvP map. The details are still lacking, but it certainly seems to be nearing an official release or update. Um, usually with those game files sneaking into updates, that's where people kind of start to really <laughs> dig in and find some clues. So right. uh, we'll see. I know there's I know there's a, a whole other whole other gang of Fortnite fans awaiting this who probably have never played the PvP mode out of spite of never getting their <laughs> PvE version of the game. Right. Yeah. I, I remember it being initially announced as like a PvE game, and then it's just Psych. Never, never happened. <laughs> Loot boxes, yeah. billions of dollars, changed everything. Yes. Our last little piece of gaming news here for you guys. Um, we might be getting a new playstation 5 model uh looks like sony is planning on a new version of the playstation 5 console at some point in 2022 per digitimes a new iteration of the ps5 is planned for the second and third quarter of 2022 that will allegedly not do anything different than the current model however maybe it will have a new cpu um wonder if this has something to do with uh maintaining production with demand level uh because um i think it's still pretty hard to get your hands on a ps5 uh, i know um our friend biosiv uh has been debating you know between getting a, an xbox x series or a ps5 and even on one of his streams he was trying to get an x series I know this article is about the PS5, but uh, I think both are still pretty scarce and hard to get a hold of. Um, he tried buying an X series online uh, during one of his streams for like 15, 20 minutes, and 
<laughs> I felt so bad because he could just couldn't do it. It wasn't fast enough. Yeah, it's so tough. And I mean, this could. It, I mean, the fact that it might have a new CPU. I mean, that could have something to do with like the chip shortage, which mm-hmm. is why they're partially hard to find, just because uh, computer chips are a little scarce these days due to all things in the world. So. Yeah. Uh, there could be some like supply chain issues there. Maybe they're making some slight changes, but I mean, PS, I mean, PlayStation, I mean, just like Xbox, they always come out with the, the slim version, if you will. So yeah, it just seems so quick, you know? Yeah. I mean, people, yeah, people still haven't been able to buy the first one <laughs> right? and we're going to come out with another one, but yeah. So I wonder if it's, you know, the supply demand or if like there was just something lacking in, in the, you know, quote unquote guts of the console. Yeah. Um, I, I would be hard pressed to think. I mean, this almost sounds like they might just push out a new version of it and just why make both at this point. Right. Um, so interesting. Yep. Um, and now <laughs> the moment you've all been waiting the for. The moment you've all been waiting for. <laughs> this is the shortest, but most long awaited segment of this newscast. <laughs> And it's the Star Boys bringing you all the latest rumors and maybe a little bit of news because that's all we really get out of Star Wars these days um, is rumors all day long and night. So this bit is a little bit of Star Wars, a little bit of gaming. So here is a list because we're kind of shorthanded here on the Star Wars news, a list of all the potential Star Wars games that are potentially or actually coming out. So, uh, and a potential Xbox exclusive here for our first one is, is an elusively detailed Mandalorian game. Um, Mm. It's the first one on the list here. It's in the earliest stages of development rumored. Um, Who knows? I could see it happen. I could not see it happening. I would be really interested for this to play into our, our ongoing concept of instead of a season, just give us a game um, and then just continue the series after the game. That might be a play they can make. Um, that. Yeah. The second one here is most likely here in the group to even happen. And it is happening. And that's Fallen Order 2 reportedly gunning for a 2023 release. Nice. Number three here is a previously reported game that we've talked about on here, and that's Knights of the Old Republic remake that is underway, and that will be a um, a traditional kind of remake, reboot, redo of the original game, where the kind of ability to port it per se has is just not doable, given all all the technology involved. Right. So. Your remake there. Um, another detail scarce rumor is a High Republic game that falls in line with the Mandalorian game as a potential Xbox exclusive. Uh, rumored to be worked on by Zenimax, who spearheaded the Elder Scrolls Online. And finally, much like Fallen Order 2, a Battlefront 3 seems to be inevitable. But I could see them not doing it, but I feel like they're just going to do it. They have to, but they did. They did carry Battlefront Two on for a very long time with updates and additional content. So, 
I'm not sure what the future of Battlefront is. I don't know. Hopefully, if there is a three, hopefully they learn from the launch of two. <laughs> yeah, that was a little, little rocky, a little dicey. That game was beautiful by you know by time like seventy percent of the you know patches and DLCs came out. So yeah, once they removed the the need to pay to win and all that stuff, also yeah, you know, <laughs> just kind of tweak a few things on the front yeah. end. Um, so the biggest thing from this group I'm seeing is we have two years for Cal Kestis to make his, his screen debut before Fallen Order 2 comes out. This is true. This is true. That's a lot of, that's a lot of time. A lot of, a lot of potential there. Yep. A lot of Star Wars shows coming out before 2023. Just saying. Just sneak them in there. Yep. And the game can pick up right after that. Maybe that's what's taking a little bit of time. They got to line it up with all the shows. If that's the case, I am totally cool with it. If waiting for movies and TV to come out for a character that the game's based on just causes them to take longer to make the game perfect, that's fine by me. Because mm-hmm. I feel like any more these days, like they look for every reason to push games up in development, where now we need to look for reasons to push them out. Because yeah. it just makes them better. Um. And we'll end our brief Star Wars segment here with a casting rumor that connects itself to a whole other rumor previously covered here on the Star Boys. Reportedly, Gal Gadot is being eyed to play Sith Princess alongside Keanu Reeves in the rumored King Valor movie trilogy, whatever it might be, uh, which will follow a Sith-oriented family basically opposite the tale of the Skywalkers. Mm -hmm. So... This is an evolution of the Keanu Reeves playing um, Darth Revan. Then he kind of turned into King Valor. And I believe this is all Mike Zero um, leaking information, rumor mill. So we'll see. I like the idea of her, you know, basically being Wonder Woman in Star Wars (laughs) as a Sith princess. I think that's essentially the same as an Amazon. I mean, so, Amazons aren't aren't necessarily evil. I mean, neither are Sith, if depending on who you ask. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I think seeing a trilogy that follows Sith characters would be so cool. Yeah, they definitely need it because that's some of my favorite book material. Is that that covers Sith? Well, and it gives you a great opportunity to muddy the waters, if you will, to. Um, gray, you know, the line between what is good and what is evil, you know, kind of like what, what you were joking around about, but you could actually do that because it is all a matter of perspective. This is true, but don't say gray. Jordan will kill you. <laughs> um, having now ruined your, your Zack Snyder segue from six headlines ago, take it away, Mike. <laughs> Well, thank you. Uh, yes, yeah, so this this was on paper before Nick got in here. Uh, a great segue into DC news from Army of the Dead, <laughs> but it's it's okay. It's forgiven. Um, but I do have uh, you know potentially some bad news for all of you fellow fans of the Restore the Snyderverse movement. Um, if you've been hoping for some good Snyderverse news, like I have. I am sad to inform you that WB is, quote, aggressively anti-Snyder 
according to Zach himself, <laughs> uh, which you don't want to hear that if you if you're hoping for some more Snyderverse material. Um, Snyder has been on record as saying he has definite plans for Justice League two and three, and that he absolutely loves the characters and worlds of DC and you know the extended universe he was trying to build. He has a vision for the DCEU. However, Ann Sarnoff, who is the chair and CEO of Warner Media, and the rest of WB clearly have zero interest, which blows my mind still, that they would refuse to allow him to make his movies or turn them into series or something and go straight to HBO Max. Like we've talked about, like Kevin Smith has talked about, like literally everyone has talked about. Um, but yeah, you know, hey, what do we know? Uh, well, I mean, literally, I don't know anything, but I think Kevin Smith knows a few things. You know, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Um, but you know, this is kind of what we thought, you know, all the way back when Justice League released and was a, mm-hmm. an absolute flop. We thought there would be no way, uh, ever that we would see the Snyder cut, and it happened. So maybe happened. six six years down the road, this project will be greenlit. Uh, just like release the Snyder Cut was. So got my fingers crossed. I mean, WB is aggressively a lot of things. So <laughs> I'm sure like some execs being aggressively anti-Snyder um, is certainly a thing. But I don't think that for me, that doesn't derail the hope of restoring the Snyder verse. Yeah, he's uh, he's come out and said uh, quite a few things about WB just hating him basically and being a real pain in the neck to work with. So um, I don't know if like he's burning bridges intentionally because he also has come out and said like working with Netflix for this army of the dead movie was like night and day thousand times better than working with WB for this DC stuff. Like he literally said that. Yeah. Netflix just, (laughs) Yeah, they're the polar opposite. They just, yeah, so just Netflix. welcome you in and tell you do whatever you want. How about this? Instead of buying Paramount, buy DC. <laughs> and then we can have the DCEU finally. Um, anyways, uh, we do have another piece of DC news because you know our show would not be a newscast without you know some DC rumors. Um, Bat Boys. Yes. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely need to workshop a, a DC name for our DC segment. Um, but this this spicy rumor, uh, I don't think it has too much merit, but it's a cool idea, so I included it because I I would like to talk about it. But Henry Cavill and Robert Pattinson, uh, they are rumored to maybe team up in a world's finest movie. So. Our favorite tipster, Mikey Sutton. You know him, you love him. He's back at it again with yet another spicy rumor floating around about the DCEU. This one is for a world's finest movie featuring Henry Cavill as Superman and Robert Pattinson as Batman. A world's finest movie has been tossed around for a while now with names like Ben Affleck and Tom Welling. Uh, having been attached to it in the past, Sutton claims this movie is still possible despite 
WB wanting to quote kill the Snyderverse. See, I'm telling you, there's some real bad blood here. <laughs> um, but even though they want to just you know murk the Snyderverse, they still want to work with a number of actors from those movies. So hey, you can't have your cake and eat it too, WB. Someone uh someone needs to make a film adaptation of the Snyder WB story. Oh, I know. That'd be great. You, you great could definitely drama- right there. Yeah, you can dramatize that up a bit and just make just make the uh WB just seem like the evil, evil people they are. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh man. But moving on to a much more fun shared universe to talk about, we have some MCU news. So where everything goes off without a hitch. Yeah, exactly. Where for some reason people can overlook extremely choppy, uh, you know, limited series on Disney Plus and be totally okay with it and talk about them like they're the great. Anyways, I'll stop. I'll stop nitpicking. Uh, but the new Disney Plus MCU series, Loki, has had its premiere date moved. Uh, and in a good way, uh, Tom Hiddleston has announced that Loki, which is of course the newest Disney plus series within the MCU will be premiering on Wednesday, June 9th. So this is two days earlier than originally. Well, I shouldn't say originally, cause I think it originally was earlier and then got pushed back to June 11th, which was a Friday and now has been moved up to June 9th. Uh, he also noted that all episodes will be airing on Wednesdays unlike the previous two MCU series, which aired on Fridays. Uh, I think this might have something to do with the Bad Batch being a Friday show. And maybe Star Wars has taken the Friday mantle from Marvel. Um, But Loki will follow, well, Loki as he's recruited by the TVA, which is the Time Variance Authority, to help them fix the timeline, traveling through different periods of time and affecting important moments of history. Uh, This series looks like a banger and should be tons of fun, as most everything Loki is. Uh, Very excited for this series to release, honestly, and I think it's, yeah, just going to be a ton of fun. He's going to be like, there in the trailer, there's... Uh, shots of of him being db cooper which i'm not sure if you are familiar with that conspiracy theory if you're not look it up it's pretty uh pretty interesting actually our friends from that strange which you know chad from what's our what's playing series is uh, a part of they've done an episode or at least touched on db cooper uh we've see loki uh at um, pompeo i believe is you know the ancient volcano way mm, back in Pompeii. the day, Pompeii. There you go. I don't know where I threw the O in there for. I think I think um, Pompeo is like a politician or something. Honestly, could be. Uh, but yeah, so it should be interesting seeing him like go back in time in all these like crazy historical events. Well, I mean, this gives me a deadline for me to finish the MCU movies. Um, I just finished. Ant Man and have started um, Civil War. I need okay. to track down the Spider Mans because they're not on Disney right now. Correct. Um, so I know those are after Civil War. So I, I'm very close. And these movies have gone a lot quicker than I thought this task would. Yeah, uh, they're it's just a fun fun watch. Civil War is so good. 
Have yeah. you seen you've seen that one at least before, right? I've seen that one, but now that I'm watching it and having rewatched everything, I haven't seen it, if that makes mm. sense. Yeah, um, no, that makes it's sense. It's basically completely fresh to me. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, it's so and good. Everything that movie was basically lost on me the first time I saw it, and now it is very much very clear. I feel like Civil War, quick Marvel, quick MCU side note here. Feel like Winter Soldier and Civil War are probably the most overlooked MCU movies, but two of probably the best MCU movies. Well, <clears throat> I mean, I do know Winter Soldier when it came out was simply awesome because of the whole um, air carrier like concept. I just love crap like that. So you put <laughs> you put yeah. the, like three <laughs> helicarriers just kind of taken up out of the river. Yeah, you sold me. <laughs> yes, and we do have one more piece of MC news here. Uh, again, another spicy rumor. Uh, we're just keeping the rumor train going, uh, but this one is for some Fantastic Four casting uh, news. So everyone's excited about Fantastic Four, uh, but yet again we have some names linked to the Fantastic Four, and those names being John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. Uh, you probably know John Krasinski from a little show called The Office. Um, a little guy named Jim Halpert, uh, but also uh, star and uh, director of A Quiet Place. And his wife, Emily Blunt, who's been in so many movies, uh, really great actress. Um this isn't the first time these two have been rumored to be considered for the roles in the highly anticipated arrival of the four. Emily Blunt has recently declined the role actually of Sue Storm slash Sue Richards, uh, who is the invisible woman, uh, because she doesn't want to commit to a multi-movie deal, which, uh, wow, must be nice to just be like, I don't want to make like literally millions of dollars being <laughs> drug into the most successful movie franchise of all time. I don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, Krasinski has been openly, you know, uh, he's openly commented on how awesome it would be to be a part of the MCU. Cause he's like a normal human, uh, let alone such a massive role as Reed Richards. Um, seems like Marvel is not given up on blunt and would really love to see her play the invisible woman. Um, that was, that was a terrible joke there, you know, because you can't see the invisible woman, but they want to see. Uh, and uh, she's uh, okay. Uh, uh anyways, <laughs> but uh, Emily Blunt apparently, you know, this isn't the first role they've actually wanted to see her play in the MCU. She was a target of theirs for Black Widow, but due to scheduling conflicts at the time, it wasn't able to happen. Uh, so that would have been do weird. That to Scarlet, yeah, don't no. do that. Scarjo. That's her yeah. role. It is. Uh yeah, but if if Emily Blunt, you know, doesn't you know, end up taking this, uh it it, it is rumored that Jennifer Lawrence has <laughs> been linked to the role. So, uh I really hope <laughs> if that rumor is true in any case, I really hope that Emily Blunt uh takes this role <laughs> because uh, not exactly the biggest fan of Jennifer Lawrence. Well, also she's um, an X Men, which 
throw some confusion into any possible X-Men tie-ins, right? Yeah, I mean, depending, because like, like, you know, Netflix had the Marvel series and they're basically yeah. rebooting all those series, though they are using some of the actors from those series. So when X-Men comes into play, who knows what they'll do, if it'll be a continuation of the X-Men that have already existed or if it'll just be a Sting reboot. Sting again. Right, yeah. Yeah, we don't even know when they're coming. Just getting bonered left and right. All this Marvel stuff. Too um, far too far but i do think it would be pretty pretty darn cute if emily blunt does take the role seeing as how her and john krasinski are married in real life and then they'd be playing a superhero husband and wife i mean come on match made in heaven and divorce (laughs) wow that that got dark pretty quick (laughs) (laughs) anyways yep that's it for the mcu news there for you guys yeah, thanks for the MCU updates. We're going to I'm going to take us into a a quick but important side mini update segment here. <laughs> um we've covered this topic several times and I think we will cover it many several more until this show releases. So, the Lord of the Rings series and all the headlines it's gathered over its production cost um let alone having managed to spend half it on season one right (laughs) all that fun news right and that kind of also falls in line with the recent headlines of knives out the big price tag right there another Mm -hmm. almost half a billion well in a recent interview jennifer sulk I, i will pronounce her last name as of amazon studios she's like a chief officer there of some important role well in a recent interview um, for being basically, you know, a potential or a influential woman in the industry. Um, she made comment on the headlines, right? Saying that these, you know, production cost headlines, you know, they're sexy, they're crazy, depending on how you look at it. But she explains it as what is really happening is they're laying the groundwork and the infrastructure that will sustain the whole series. And I would like to pat myself on the back from previously getting this partially right in my comparison to the Lord of the Rings trilogy being filmed simultaneously Mm -hmm. to kind of save on production costs and just basically be budget efficient. So while they may not necessarily be filming everything at the same time with this series, a huge swath of the budget has just gone to building this world up and this grandiose storytelling that they're going to be doing with this series. So they're packing a lot of their setup here into the front end, and then it's going to kind of carry it through the series. Um, but also with this kind of being very official that they've spent this much money so far. And, you know, it was almost half a billion as well. This makes it the most expensive TV series ever made. And it also tops out, the most expensive movies being Endgame and Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Mm. So all to say the least, I mean, Amazon is going all in on this Lord of the Rings series. You could say that. Yeah. That's just so much money and <laughs> they have a lot to live up to. And I just, just hope they do it right. 
and do it well, good. I mean, I think Bezos hopes they do it right too. If spending that much money on it, <laughs> I know. Then, then again, he just literally like I I feel like his bed is made of money. Like his house <laughs> is made of money. Like money is no thing to Mister Bezos, so he probably doesn't even notice. <clears throat> but interesting to say the least. I can't wait for the series to come out. Um, but yeah, I, I as you were reading through this, I was like trying to remember if I had read somewhere that, you know, basically they spend a bunch front end, you know, because that's just how it works to make it efficient or if you were the one that said that. So thank you for patting yourself on the back because I, I would have forgotten. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I just like the evolution of this, this, uh, this big, this big spending. I love these headlines because it just kind of sp- continues to boggle our mind how much yeah. money they're putting into these series. And you know, I wouldn't even say Lord of the Rings is a tried and proven television series effort. Like they are kind of going out not on a complete limb, but a little bit of a limb here. Yeah. They, also, they got, just goes to show you like how many subscribers there are to things like Prime and Netflix yeah. that they can. Sh- like net when we reported the other day about the Netflix uh budget for 2021 and the fact that mm-hmm. they're like just paying cash like that means they just have like 16 billion dollars in cash laying around <laughs> which is insane like big checkbook that's a lot of subscribers that's insane yeah um, i mean amazon basically just charges you like 120 a year for a better life yeah, um exactly so, so the least they can do is like drop a <laughs> billion a on, on, a, on a series <laughs> so we can watch yeah no that is true because uh, of all the amazing things prime does prime video is kind of a little lackluster it's got some it's got some good good things here and there but uh definitely out of the streaming services it's kind of middle of the pack i would say um it's the most varied. It goes from like terrible to very good. Yes. And not a lot in between. Yes, exactly. Um, we got two more articles here for you guys. Uh, the next is a rumor. And if you are a fan of the zombie genre, um, actually this would have been a good one to have up near, you know, the army of the dead news. Man. Um, but I didn't even mess that one up. I know that one was all me. Um, there is uh, reportedly 28 months later uh, in development. I said that really, really weirdly. Um, but it's been nearly 20 years since 28 Days Later was released and infected us with the Rage virus. It seems almost fitting to have the news of a third installment to this series be announced. You know, 28 years later, anyone? We're around 20, you know, maybe a few years early. Um, but yeah, sources close to, we got this covered, uh, who reported that Bill Murray would be returning to Ghostbusters afterlife and that a swamp thing movie was in the works, both of which have been confirmed by the way. Uh, they are saying that a script is now being written for a 28 months later and the original director, Daniel Boyle may be returning. Not much is known about the potential plot, but this movie is thought to be set 
28 months after the last movie, which was 28 weeks later, which took place 28 weeks after the first movie, which was 28 days later. Uh, see what they're doing there? I see a pattern. Yeah. I didn't um, get it at first, but it just clicks now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but they're saying, you know, this will feature characters from both 28 days and 28 weeks, though specific characters and actors have not been confirmed. It looks like the movie is definitely happening with or without Boyle, but the dream is to get him back in the director's seat for this one. So first I have to ask, have you seen 28 days later? Yeah. Like 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, great. Uh, I love that movie. It's so good. And it's, it's regarded as, you know, one of the better zombie type movies that ha, you know has been made so uh 28 uh weeks later was not as strong as the first i still enjoyed it uh i haven't seen either of those movies in quite some time though um but at 28 uh months later yeah you, you had me at 28 <laughs> <laughs> um i should yeah. rewatch them you, you know should. where i can watch them i i don't but i bet google does um has your boy cillian murphy though from Peaky Blinders, uh, at least in the first one. I don't, I don't remember oh, if he's in the second yeah. one. Heck um, yeah, I'm watching that tonight. Yeah, bro. well, it might be a little scary, Nick. I don't mind scary movies. I mind scary games. <laughs> nice. Well, speaking of late, uh, late night, I should say, uh, Adult Swim properties um, are being developed into movies. So uh, if you were a fan of Adult Swim on Cartoon Network, uh, specifically er, in the, you know, back in the early 2000s, um, this should be exciting news for you. So Adult Swim and Warner Media are making movies of three of its oldest and most loved shows from the early 2000s. So we have Aqua Teen Hunger Force, Metalocalypse, and Venture Bros. Uh, these will all be getting movies released in a 90-day video-on-demand Blu-ray and DVD release that will be followed by uh, debuting on HBO Max and Cartoon Network uh, after you know that 90 days. Each series was a staple in the early 2000s and helped mold Adult Swim back in the day. Uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force and Metalocalypse were two... Uh, of my favorite shows when I was, you know, in high school. Um, I never watched Venture Bros, but like literally Metalocalypse was one of my favorite shows. And I used to learn all the stupid guitar riffs <laughs> from the songs like on guitar because they were freaking awesome. Um, but yeah, Metalocalypse is created by Brandon Small, who did the show, and Tommy Blancha. And the soundtrack, uh, which the sound like, do yourself a favor. Just go listen to the the series soundtrack. It's literally amazing. Some of the like most fun metal songs ever, and the lyrics are hysterical. Uh, but the soundtrack will be released on, on Water Tower Music. And like I said, uh, the soundtracks from the show ruled. And very fun side note, they were all written and performed by Brandon Small himself. Uh, and they all featured like prominent metal musicians. Uh, on the tracks and they even toured, which is really cool. Uh, Venture Bros is created and written and executive produced by Jackson 
Public and Doc Hammer. Wow, that's some great names. Um, and then lastly, Aqua Teen Hunger Force is created by Matt Maliero, Maliero <laughs> and Dave Willis. Uh, we don't have any release dates for any of these, but these three are in development to be turned into movies, which I thought was pretty neat. That is nice. Did you watch any of those shows? Uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Watch that in uh, at school. Nice. Dude, you should really watch Metalocalypse. It's so funny. In, in college, I had one of my friends kind of give me the, like the spiel, and like we watched like a ton of them one <laughs> night or whatever. Because he's like, he's like, dude, you have to see this. Like you've never seen it. And, so funny, dude. And we just, I, I tore into it for a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it, and definitely wish I would have seen it. Yeah, it's more in the the proper time. It's so ridiculous. Uh, but yes. There you have it, the newscast, ladies and gentlemen. And as an update, you can watch 28 Days Later on Hulu with a subscription. There you go. You're here first. We're hooked up. We're ready to go. Um, But as Mike said or alluded to, once again, thank you for joining us. We hope you found this both entertaining and informative. Please remember to like, share, subscribe everywhere you consume our content. Find all the places we publish our content on our link tree. Link tr.ee slash showboys podcast be sure to join our discord server and become a member of the showboys community to hang out with the showboys staff and other listeners as well as get some cool perks such as being able to see all of the articles we had to choose from for this episode of the newscast but weren't able to squeeze into the episode itself all article links that were covered in this episode will be available on discord If you have anything you would like us to cover in more detail or include in the show, please comment where available or email us at showboyspodcast at gmail.com. Or, of course, as Mike said, join us in our Discord for all the action. And don't forget to catch the Bad Batch Companion Series every Sunday at 9 p.m. where we go over the latest episode week to week of that great little series now on Disney+. Plus. Yes, it is a great little companion series. Uh, be, be sure to tune in Sunday nights or whenever the audio version gets released on Tuesdays. Uh, but yeah, thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed. We will see you on Thursday. Have a great evening. Later. Later.